Well, hello, it's Tina Constant here, and welcome to the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast. All the waffle you'll find in the show notes, because the aim of this podcast is to get to the story as quickly as possible. So on that note, this is a story about consequences. So a long, long time ago, much longer than anyone can possibly remember, there was a time when there were ten suns in the sky. Now you can imagine what that was like. The mountaintops were scorched, the valleys were barren, and the rivers had run dry. The people and the animals were forced to find shelter in caves, and really it was no way to live. Now, for the most part, the gods didn't even notice mankind's plight. Why would they? They lived high above the suns and didn't mind a bit of warmth at their feet. But some of the gods did pay attention, and they put their heads together to come up with a solution. But as you can imagine, they weren't a particularly practical bunch and none of their ideas were useful. So they put their problem to the people of the earth and told them that there would be a reward for the one who came up with the solution for the ten sons. So down on earth, the wise men and women got together and they talked and debated and theorized. But much like the gods... They weren't a particularly practical bunch either, and none of their ideas led to anything. Next, the generals, with their great armies, took on the challenge. And they waged war against the suns. But to be honest, the suns just drifted along the sky and paid them no attention at all. Now, while all of this was going on, a giant of a man was doing some thinking of his own. He knew it would take something quite remarkable to defeat the suns. And after some time, he came up with an idea that he thought might work. What he needed was the very best bamboo he could find. So he scoured the country and he gathered the longest and the strongest stems. And when he had enough, he took it all back to his workshop and he made the biggest crossbow ever known. Now, At first, people just watched him. But the more focused and determined the big man was, the more the people agreed that this might actually work. So when the bow was ready and the big man needed help, there were thousands of men and women ready to help him carry the crossbow and its arrows to the very top of the mountain. From there, the big man turned an arrow to the first sun. The people stood still. They held their breaths. He drew the arrow back. He took aim. He fired. The arrow flew straight and true and it pierced the sun right through the heart. It shattered into a million pieces and spread across the sky. The big man then moved the crossbow to the next mountain. And again he aimed the arrow and fired. The arrow pierced the heart of the second sun, scattering it across the skies. And so on to the next and the next until nine suns had been obliterated and only one sun remained. Now as you can imagine, everything changed. It didn't take long before the mountaintops cooled, the rivers began to flow, and people knew that soon the valleys and the forests would bloom again. And true to their word, the gods presented the big man with a reward. It was a potion prepared by the gods themselves. It was the potion for long life. The gods drew the big man close and told him that it was essential that he followed the instructions carefully. Once a year, he was to take only one drop. Each drop would add 10 years to his life, but he must, under no circumstances, take more than one 
drop. If he did, then strange and predictable and irreversible things would happen. The big man gave the gods his word, then he went back down to earth to tell his wife about everything that had happened. Yui, the big man's wife, was intrigued. She listened carefully to the instructions and swore to keep the promise her husband had made to the gods. So the big man took two drops from the bottle, he gave his wife one, and he had the other. Energy soared through their bodies. Yui had never felt anything like it before. It was magnificent. So that night, Yui couldn't get the potion out of her head. If one tiny drop felt so good, what might two drops or a sip feel like? Now she was a realist. She knew the gods sometimes kept the good things for themselves. She knew the gods didn't always tell the truth. But she also knew that there was no way she would get another drop if her husband was home. So the next morning, Yui called her husband to the kitchen. She told him that in honour of his great achievement, she was going to make a special dish. But the ingredients were difficult to source. She gave him a list and asked him to go and fetch her what she needed. Now the big man, being the kind of guy he was, he took the list, got on his horse and off he went. And no sooner had the dust settled on the edge of the village than Yui ran to the cupboard where the potion was kept. She took it out, opened the bottle and took a sip. It was incredible. The heat and vibrant energy that coursed through her was beyond her wildest imagination. So she took another sip. This was too much. She felt like she could dance for days and weeks. She felt lighter than air. And sure enough, she looked down. She was a foot off the ground. She took another sip. She couldn't help herself. She aimed for a window and she floated out. She waved to her neighbours. They stared up in awe. She floated above the roofs, the trees. She floated up to the birds. She floated... Oh! She called down to her neighbours. Throw me a rope! They scurried and searched, but none of them had a rope that was long enough. Yui floated up through the clouds until she reached the part of the sky filled with the chunks of shattered suns. She grabbed every piece she could catch. She put them in her socks and her seams and her pockets and her sleeves. She pulled every piece of broken sun and created such a ball of rock around her that she forced the last remaining sun to the other side of the sky. It was only then that she stopped floating up. And so she called to the gods. She begged them to let her down. She promised she would never break the rules again. But the gods looked down and they said, Nah. They liked what they saw. Suddenly there was light and there was dark. There was day and there was night. For the first time ever, people had a clear time to rest and a clear time to play and work. So the gods said, No, you will stay where you are. But they did make one concession. Once a year, the gods allowed Yui's husband to climb up to his wife and take her the ingredients she had asked for. Once a year, she could make the exotic dish she promised. And because, as you know, Yui means moon, the gods called the delicacy mooncakes. And to this day, when the moon shines brightest in the sky, 
people will make the cake in honour of Yui and the time she accidentally gave the world night and day. And now you know the truth. <laughs> That's how night and day were created. Alrighty, alrighty. That's it for another week from the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast. Get the uh, waffle in the show notes or go and visit www.tinaconstant.com and I will see you next week when something else weird and wonderful is likely to happen. Have a good one. Bye-bye.